everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Build Value by Choice, a show where we explore tactics and strategies to help business owners achieve transformational growth. We all know that business owners, one of the areas that is of major concern is productivity and also people. And today we're going to be talking about one of the ways that business owners can make themselves more effective. And we talk about things like outsourcing and, and automating and, and delegating. Well, we have a lady who owns a business that actually helps business owners do just uh, some of that. Today, our guest is Valerie Trapansky. Valerie is a former A-list personal assistant and chief of staff and currently the founder and CEO of Chatterbox the first and only remote executive assistance service of this kind. Their mission is to guide business owners and entrepreneurs to build frictionless teams using a human-centric approach. Welcome to Build Value by Choice, Valerie. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Well, one of the things I wanted to start off is by asking what inspired you to take the journey that you're on. I mean, you started off in the personal assistant and chief of staff space and you branched off to found your own. What did you see in the marketplace and what in your background led you to that? Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of our entrepreneurial journeys, um, just like the rest of life, we can, you know, backwards, when we look backwards, we're really clear on how it happened. Uh, but when we're living in the moment, it's hard to say that it's a it's a specific kind of a, a plan or, you know, in my case, that it was a real analysis of the market or anything related to business at all. In fact, for me, the reason that I went into starting Chatterboss was because I had an opportunity to be a personal assistant and a chief of staff and an executive assistant. And I was doing that for many years. And I was kind of in this niche. I was supporting these really powerful, um, really interesting people that utilize assistance in ways that I never imagined that people utilize assistance for. And there was this desire at some point to merge that experience that I have supporting individuals one-on-one, that curiosity about how can I do it on a larger scale and how can I support businesses? So I always enjoyed businesses, business owners. And so somehow those two combined, but it was, you know, I want to say that it was, I'd like to say that it was more strategic, uh, but it was almost, you know, like kind of like life puts little things in front of you and you just keep making a choice until you are where you are. Yeah, that's great. So what makes Chatterbox different from other executive assistant um, businesses out there? Well, we have a lot of differentiators uh, with Chatterboss. As you mentioned, right, we are the first remote executive assistant service of its kind. Um, so that gives us a lot of differentiators. Where, we, where those differentiators are is that, one, you have a you start with at least a two-person model. So a lot of people think of an executive assistant and it's one person and they do the things that they need to do. And that's very important. The relationship with one person as your EA is super important because you want to get into the cadence, you want to build the relationship, you want to build the communication. But with that said, any one person that holds an entire function, so an assistant holding the entire administrative function in your business, that could create a bottleneck because if they are sick, if they're away, if something happens, who's their backup? Usually the entrepreneur. And if it's an extended period of time and you have your own amount of things that you have on your kind of project list, right? Then you're in a really tough spot. And that can actually create resentment in the, you know, as an entrepreneur, because now you are taking yourself maybe out of the creative aspects of your job 
And you're now having to kind of focus your mind on the administrative piece. So with us, you have a two assistant model. There is a backup. So if your assistant is sick and is away or something happens, a backup assistant steps in and they're able to support. Another big differentiator is that we support entrepreneurs. It's not just the pairing. It's not just here, I'm going to give you an assistant. Uh, what you get with us is an entire roadmap. You get a relationship manager that supports you, that gives you delegation coaching, that is able to guide you to make sure that you're having a ex successful experience and who builds a roadmap to success for you. So between us, knowing who is the right person, having that additional backup team, and then having the relationship manager, you're really well taken care of as an entrepreneur. That's great. So what is your, uh, do you have like any geographical limitations at all or industry? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. And I think that it goes, it goes into the conversation of um, where should your assistant be and my theory and my model is that your dedicated person should be in the same country that you are in. And the reason for that is not because people outside of your particular country are less smart or less educated or anything like that. It's the fact that when we share um, in being in the same, right, the U.S. is huge, right? But there are certain things that tie us together. And that's I find that that to be a shortcut. So as an example, if I'm saying to my assistants, can you reach out to the DMV and schedule an appointment for me? I do, that is generally understood versus if I'm working with someone out of the country, please explain to me what is the DMV? How does the DMV work? Generally, when you call, no one's going to answer you at the DMV, right? And so you have to explain all of those nuances. And this is a shortcut when, when your assistant is in the country. Same if you have an assistant in the US that's supporting someone, for example, in France, then they're not a good match for them either because those are the things that you don't know um, about you know, the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, and, then, and if you're trying to save the owner or the entrepreneur time, then that's another thing that's going to get them tangled up. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, what about industry? Do you focus on specific industries or, or are you pretty much industry agnostic? You know, entrepreneurs ask all the time. And in the beginning, there was, um, you know, there were a lot of questions about industry and then also a request. A common request was, I'm a lawyer. Give me an assistant that had experience being an assistant for lawyers. I'm a doctor. Same thing. Um, and what we have for the last six years, the data that we've gathered and observing the relationships and efficiency and productivity in the pairings is that what we find is that there is an advantage. So it's, you know, certain experience is important and you have to, when you are looking at who to hire, you have to look at what, what is the important experience that I'm needing. So for example, if your assistant is actually a paralegal, yes, that is important. But if your assistant, you are needing them for, um, you know, for, for technical items, for automation, for CRM, in that case, those are the most important items. And then you don't necessarily need someone within your industry. And in fact, if it is a, an assistant that supported a lawyer, a doctor, um, you know, a tech entrepreneur, then, and all of them have had different processes, different ways of doing things, your experience is now going to be enhanced because they have now kind of borrowed best practices from different industries. That's great. Now you do do some customizations, I suppose, for different, uh, different clients. How does that work? 
Well, in fact, everything with our service is customized. That has been the the foundation of what we've been built on. And the reason for that is because I believe that the executive assistant role, different from other types of roles, where, for example, if you're working with a bookkeeper, you know, certainly you have to have good communication, et cetera. But there's going to be a a good majority of things that are standard, that are templatized and that are expected within the position. When you're working with an assistant, you can be asking for a bunch of different things. And it really depends on you, your personality, that person's personality, what they're needing. And so it's, you know, that because of all of those factors that come to play, this is a really it's a fascinating role. And, um, and and it is built, I, I believe, on, on flexibility and so a customization rather, right? And so that customization piece, we build a roadmap totally customized to our clients. Um, we customize the pairing process between the two individuals. And then, and then we continue to create different solutions as we go because that's what's needed in the world of entrepreneurship. Well, that's, that is, uh, that's great. What is tip- the typical level of you know, length of time that you engage with your clients? It's a great question. So on average, our entrepreneurs work with us for 10 months and more. Um, so within that range, right, there are individuals that have come in for shorter term projects. And then there are individuals that have been with us since the inception of the company. Um, and so we are... For our clients, they're able to work with us as much or as little as they need. And so what that means is that you're able to have an engagement. There could be one month that you need only five hours uh, a month and then another month where you need 40 or 50. And we are, again, kind of with that customization and flexibility, we're able to uh, provide that kind of a service while still keep giving you access to your dedicated um, assistant who knows you and your business. So given the level of customization that you do, do you think that could potentially hamper the growth of your company? Because if a lot of like five times the volume that you can only have in a command, how are you going to be able to do customization for that increase in volume? You know, it's a great question. And it's it's a question about kind of our appetite for growth. It's a It's a question about where we see ourselves in the future. And we are a fully bootstrapped company and we've been growing for six years. A lot of it has been organic growth and referrals from our customers. And there has been in the very beginning, actually, no one wanted to invest in us because they said, look, it's not a scalable business. Assistance, humans, uh, all of this other stuff is going to take over. Um, after a few years that we've been in business and investors started to see, right, that this is very profitable, especially after COVID, it's, um, you know, this is the thing that people need, this kind of supplemental workforce, uh, then there's been a lot of interest uh, in, from investors uh, and so on. But for us, we have made so far the decision that we are going to grow the way that we're growing on our own, which means like, yes, we can take an investment and go 10x, but we're going to break something. However, we still have a goal to scale to be the largest or the top remote executive assistant company in the U.S., but our goal is not to become that tomorrow because we believe that this kind of service can't become number one tomorrow. 
it needs this growth. It needs this human touch. And every year we grow and grow. And, you know, so, so that's my hope, but it's going to take patience and it's going to take time. And that's what we're here for. And, and what's your long-term vision uh, along those lines? Our goal right now is to be the number one remote executive assistant company in the next 10 years. So we have a goal, um, we have a vision, and we have a mission, and you know we have patience, and we have the heart. So that's been, um, yeah, th- that, that's been our path. Oh, that's, that's great. So what, what advice do you have for business owners that are looking for executive assistants, uh, and they haven't work with a remote executive assistant you know, before. So that may be like new territory because a lot of times you have owners that, that are even reluctant to have like remote employees, much less like a remote executive assistant where they feel like the person needs to be like right next to them. Yeah, there's a lot of advice for first time entrepreneurs delegating. For us at Chatterboss, it's, I would say this is our bread and butter supporting entrepreneurs who are delegating for the first time. And so we have a lot of advice and we have a lot of strategies, but I would say that the best one, the most effective one for anyone uh, delegating, well, one, right, give yourself grace. It is like a muscle that you are, um, that you are growing and just the same way as you're not going to go, you know, couch to marathon in one day, you're not going to become a master delegator. Um, especially, you know, there are people coming from the corporate world where they've delegated very effectively, um, within that structure, but then they become entrepreneurs and the delegation game changes. Um, and so, you know, one is like, give yourself grace. It's going to take time. Uh, right now we have a delegation uh, self-assessment that we recently created, and it's been really fun playing with the data. And so far, I have not met a single person that falls into the top 10%. So I know that these delegators are out there, but I haven't met them. And so myself included, having a virtual executive assistant company delegating for so long, um, I'm still not there. And it's the, there's also a possibility that depending on your personality, you may actually never become a top 10 because you have some, you know, so some features, right? For example, they're in the area of like perfectionism and in the area of control. And so we can get better at them, but some of us have more of that than others. And then, you know, delegation is harder. So give yourself grace and start slow. Do you have any data or have you seen any data that shows the difference between those that are like in the top 10%? Uh, well, actually, I'm going to ask this in two parts. One is, what? How easy or difficult is it to work with folks who are like in the top ten percent in the delegation framework mm. versus in the bottom ten percent? And then the second thing is, if you've seen any data in terms of the business value or the growth rate of businesses that have leaders in the top ten percent of delegation and versus the bottom ten percent. Okay, you'll have to ask me the second one again. I'll answer yeah. the first one yep. uh, that I'm holding in mind. So. It's a really, really good question. And before before we started doing, um, you know, the self-assessment on delegation, we were doing and, and we continue to do character assessments. So there was an interesting question of how easy is, is it to work with, uh, for example, an entrepreneur that's very organized in the space of executive assistance where your big function is organization And my hypothesis was that the more organized you are, the easier it would be for your assistant to support you. What I found to be is the opposite, you know, that not in all cases, right, there's variance, but 
that sometimes a person that's very organized, who knows exactly what they want, and that's separate from being a good delegator, that's just within your character, uh, that level of organization, sometimes that also comes with having a hard time letting go of control, wanting things to be very specific, being unsatisfied when someone is, you know, within 5% of your uh, kind of envisioned way of doing something. And all of those behaviors, they stop, you know, good delegation. And so, and, and, and the, the, how efficient your delegation is when we're operating in that zone. But, and no one ever asked me this question, but now that I'm interacting with the data from the delegation assessment, I can say that my hypothesis, right, it hasn't been uh, like I haven't looked at, you know, the, the actual numbers, but I would say that if someone is in a, is a, is a top 10% as a delegator, then we can say they're easier to work with. And in the bottom 10, it's harder because then it just how have you mastered your delegation muscle? And so it's certainly if you reach that kind of whatever top 10, top 25, right? You're going to be better at giving direction. You're going to know how to give grace to others. And you're going to know how to get efficiency from other people. And that's very valuable. So do you have, so if you do the, so I imagine that, you know, you, you, that's, you front load that delegation framework assessment before you do any engagement. So it's, it's, it's a good question because we just launched it in January. So right now where we are um, is that we are, you can take the assessment that's on our website and we can also link it here. Um, and for this moment, we're also giving a free delegation interpretation of your results. So we can help you identify specific delegation gaps uh, from that assessment, but it's it's at this stage something that's optional. As a, we use it as a tool to help guide uh, entrepreneurs right now, both inside and outside of Chatterboss. With that said, um, you know the character assessment. All of our assistants take the assist the assessment, and the character assessment is available to all of our clients. And so that has been an, an integral part of our matching system. And so we do have a lot of data and information in that area, which has been very cool and interesting. No, no, that's great. So. Um... If you do a delegation assessment and you find somebody in the bottom 10%, mm. which is an indicator that you know, the person or the, the business may be um, more challenging to work with, mm. do you, um, how do you uh, adapt your approach um, to that? Yeah, no, you're, it's, it's, it's really good questions, right? And so if you are a person that you know, kind of scores lower on the delegation assessments, um, what could this mean about you? This could mean that you are a new delegator. Very likely, it could just be that, again, right, we're not going to expect you to go and, and run a 10K if you've just gotten off the couch. So that's normal and acceptable. And, you know, and 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 that's your starting place because that's the starting place for everything. Um, so it's, so, you know, perhaps I should, you know, kind of rephrase it, right? Because it's not about the 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 level of like how hard or easy efficiency is going to be higher at the people who have more experience with it, right? Because there is already shortcuts in their delegation. Individuals who, for example, are just starting out, it's just that the efficiency is different, the output is different because it's taking longer, right? You're establishing your style. If you think about when you, for example, if you if you've started, you know, doing anything on social media, right? 
It's very thoughtful in the beginning. What's my voice? What's my brand? Who am I? But if you are consistently posting over time and you have those answers, then that content comes faster to you. So I think it's, it's, it's kind of like gaining proficiency in every area. So it's more about uh, time. And of course, you also, you know, if, if, if you are someone that is just starting to flex your delegation muscle, you kind of want to work with an expert, right? Because if you aren't exactly sure the right way to do it, and you're working with a person that is, for example, just starting their journey in this uh, as an assistant, then between the two of you, who should we lean on, right? For, for the right, um, you know, for the right mode of operating. So that is why I say, you know, it's our bread and butter kind of to work with entrepreneurs that are just starting out because we can give you this experienced person. You have the guidance of your relationship manager, and then you can really get into good delegating habits, right? You are like on the, the fast track to delegation mastery. Well, that is, that is great. Now, you've been in business for, and I guess you're entering your seventh year now because you started this in 2016. Um, what have you seen over that lifespan, uh, that lifespan of the company uh, that, is, um, that has changed pretty dramatically? You know, I like to say that um, everything changes. It starts to scare me when things don't change for a long time because then I feel like, oh, are we not growing um, and I used to, in the beginning, get very scared of those changes as an entrepreneur because I thought that, oh my gosh, something is broken because every six months or so something would break. Um, I And it took me a few years to understand that that's actually what I want, right? I want to get to the point where things feel like they're breaking because that means that we've reached a certain growth, we've reached a certain milestone, and now we have to innovate, work on those things. And, and that's why I say, you know, and, and I respect everyone's journey, but my journey has been, it feels really good to operate in this way. Like it starts to crack and I notice the crack. So I come in and I bring the tools and I start to fix it. Uh, versus sometimes I feel like if you take a rocket ship to growth, you don't have time to notice the crack, right? It fell, it broke. Like, and so there is this more, you know, my life feels more peaceful in growing in 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 this way. So that kind of brought it full circle for me. Yeah. And I there was the second question that I was supposed to have asked you mm-hmm. and uh, you know I had forgotten to um, ask, which was like the difference, if you've seen any difference between like companies that are in the top 10% of delegation, the bottom 10%, how that impacts um, their, their business um, um, valuation. Because, uh, I mean, not, to, not that you know the valuation, but in terms of um, just the data that you've seen, if somebody's in the top 10% of delegation and therefore they're easier to work with and somebody is in the bottom 10% and a lot more challenging to work with, I assume that is probably going to have success and, and be able to help the business in the top 10% of delegation framework go faster. How does that manifest in terms of the experience uh, for your staff and in terms of just, um, you know, in general, if you've seen uh, what is anecdotal evidence or, or data in terms of how that impacts the growth rate of, of you know, those two contrasting uh, business types? I love your questions because you're getting me like thinking about like in the areas that I think about, but not the specific things that I have thought about, but it's it's interesting to enter the dialogue with you. So I want to say, right, my hypothesis, right, the better yeah. 
you know, people manager you are, the better delegator you are, you're going to have efficiency, certain efficiency that helps you grow and that there must be a part of that that is true. However, if I then sometimes look at kind of companies that have grown and succeeded, right? Like this is from the outside, right? But, you know, some information is public. Then you say, wow, how did this person, well, right, some public figures are clearly not good people managers and doesn't look to doesn't look like they are good delegators but their growth has you know they're experiencing tremendous growth right and so i i think that they're not necessarily uh kind of um you know one is caused by the other and i think it's it, i think it's very interesting you're making me want to kind of uh, explore this deeper um but i do think you know what i would say is like more than a measure of growth, right? Because we've seen companies grow with like terrible company cultures, right? Um, And, you know, we can kind of say anecdotally, for example, Steve Jobs, right? He was a terrible um, manager, right? He was very mean. Uh, People got really burnt out. They had health issues working under him, right? He was too demanding. We can say he was not a good delegator, but there was efficiency, there was a smart idea, there were people around him, the company grew, but also at what cost, right? So I think a a better kind of um, measure is like employee or contractor vendor um, satisfaction, right? How happy are they? How at peace they feel, right? Like, how does that translate to their families? I think that those soft things will tell us a lot more. Well, that's great. That is fantastic. Well, really, really appreciate um, you sharing. Um, I think it's a, it's a very um, interesting business model because especially in the new world where everything is almost virtual, um, the fact that you've been able to adapt the executive assistant model into the remote space um, you know, is really going to be helpful to businesses um, and help you know, businesses be able to scale and grow uh, you know, by leveraging, making owners and entrepreneurs more effective, right? Um, so one last thing is um, this new world of AI, how is that, is that going to d- disrupt your business model or, or are you just looking to incorporate that into, into your business model as well? Yeah, it's, it's a really, really good question. When I was just starting Chatterboss and I was telling you that, you know, investors didn't want to invest because they said, automation, things like Zapier, if then if this, then that, right? They're going to take over and you're not going to need an assistant. Um, and that proved not to be true. There is technology that makes you more effective, but one, you have to know how to use that technology. And there is technology that's been around for a really long time that most entrepreneurs have only scratched the surface with in terms of the use. So it's only as good as you can use it is only as good as the information that you put into it. And my idea or my thoughts on, um, on, on, on AI, like chat GPT, this is now a new tool that everyone has access to. And we now have to find a way to leverage it to work, you know, to work smarter, to work more efficiently. We're giving a lot of information to our clients, to our assistants, so that they learn how so they're not afraid so that they use this technology. But for me, it's just like any other tool that comes out. Uh, you can you can use it to be more efficient. And at the end of the day, we're just gonna level out the playing field because we all have access to it. 
Um, and if you think, you know, um, if, yeah, it, 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 it's going to balance out the, the, the playing field. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Like today, I can run a 500 person company mm-hmm. from my apartment, from my living room, with my only tech being my laptop, right? And that is enough. And that's the difference between before we had to have all of this massive infrastructure in order to get all of these offices and the people inside. And now I don't have to, but I'm still working all day long, right? It's not like I, it's not like I don't have people in my organization. They're still there. They're just doing different things. And so I think that's what's going to evolve. What we do is going to continue to evolve as we have more tech. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you. Really appreciate you sharing your insights and I appreciate your time. This was a fascinating conversation and it went by kind of fast. How can people get in contact with you, Valerie, and, uh, and learn more about what you do and how you can help them? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to chatterboss.com, B-O-S-S. There you can learn more about us. And we have to schedule a consultation. Uh, I really encourage listeners, even if you are not in the moment of, you know, I need an assistant uh, right now, or I'm not sure how to leverage an assistant, the very first the very first thing that you do as a business owner when you birth your business idea is administrative. And entrepreneurs spend anywhere from 30 to 60% of their time doing administrative work. So even at the very first stages of your business, you already need that support. You may not decide to get it right away, but it's important to make a plan. So if you do that schedule consultation, it's really a strategy. It's our relationship team that gets on the line with you and they can come up with a customized strategy for you, even in that call. And then you can decide when will be the right time. But I really encourage the listeners. Well, that should be helpful. Well, really, thank you very much. And we're going to have that information also uh, in a short note so people can access it in case they're not next to a paper and pen right now. So, again, thank you so much for our listeners. Uh, please check out Chatterboss and see what they have to offer. I think it's very interesting. Till next week, keep listening, keep subscribing, keep leaving us rating, and keep leaving us comments on our on the show's uh, Facebook uh, page. Bye for now.